It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, and we have got some movement, people. Get excited. We've got a lot to talk about. The Rams made a handful of moves today. Some familiar faces going to other teams and some new faces coming to Los Angeles. So we will talk about that as well as some familiar faces sticking around. So we're going to cover all the action that the Rams did. We also have a special guest of Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears, as we're going to kind of break down one of our newest arrivals here. Don't forget to hit us up on social media and let us know what you think of all the action that happened so far. And when I say all the action, I guess basically just Wednesday is when the Rams kind of woke up and started to make some moves. So uh, exciting stuff, though. So reach out to us, LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, Locked On Rams on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Who do you love? Who do you don't like? What are your thoughts on Dante Fowler, Corey Littleton leaving? I want to hear your thoughts. I think we're all on the same page with Corey Littleton and even, you know, kind of there with Dante Fowler as far as going to miss him around here because he did really have a productive season and a half since he got over here from Jacksonville. But we're going to break it all down, talk about the new additions, the players that left, as well as have a conversation with Lauren Cox in the second segment. But with all that awesome stuff out of the way, let's just kick right into it. With two straight days of no action for the Rams on Wednesday, they jumped in and started to make some moves. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and this is your lead story. Wednesday saw the Rams' first move as far as re-signing a player, and it started with one of their own. Center guard Austin Blythe was re-signed for a one-year deal. We still don't know the money that is involved in that, but brings him back to the Rams for another year. This will be his fourth year with the team, fifth year in the league. Blythe is a former seventh rounder who has started 31 of the last 32 games for the Los Angeles Rams over the past two seasons. Played primarily at right guard at 2018, moved over to center uh, when Brian Allen went down and really found a second win there at the center position. Good to have him back. It solidifies one spot. I think the question then remains, where are they going to put him? Is he now the center moving forward and Brian Allen has to compete to get that rollback? Or do they slot him in at right guard and look to bring Brian Allen back at center once he is fully healthy? Good thing you know is that the Rams care about him on that line and it brings a little bit of stability. And as you found out later in the day, the Rams were going to continue to focus on that offensive line. Not long after that, we saw the Falcons agree to terms with Dante Fowler. Three years, $48 million deal. He is headed to Atlanta. He was on a one-year contract last year for the Rams. Kind of a prove-it deal. And as we've said many of times, he did prove it. 11 and a half sacks. That's three and a half more than he's ever had in his career. He reunites with former coach Dan Quinn, who he spent most of his time with at Florida. Atlanta this offseason released Vic Beasley, so he will step into place for him. 
Tough to see him go, but the Rams didn't wait long to find a replacement. Within minutes, the Rams announced they signed outside linebacker Leonard Floyd, formerly of the Bears, formerly number nine overall pick in the 2016 draft. A one-year contract, $10 million for Floyd. He has some incentives for about $3.5 million that he can earn all the way up to 13 and a half. Now, one thing you got to love about Floyd is his athleticism and what he can bring off the edge. So far in his career has been a little bit of a disappointment, again, taken at the number nine spot in 2016. And really, if you look at that 2016 draft, the Rams now have three players in the top 10 from that draft. Obviously, Jared Goff was their number one selection there. They just added Leonard Floyd, who was the number nine selection, and traded last year for Jalen Ramsey, who was the number five selection in that year's draft. So they've got the one, the five, and the nine pick from the 2009 draft. There were some high expectations for Leonard Floyd. He is reuniting with Brandon Staley, who he worked with back in 2017 and 2018 for the Chicago Bears. We'll talk to Lauren Cox from Lockdown Bears a little bit later as he gives us a little bit more of an inside look of what we can expect from Leonard Floyd. But a good fill-in for Dante Fowler, who left in free agency. Another one-year prove-it deal off the edge. We'll see if he can slide right into that role and be productive, just like we saw Dante Fowler. And then came the move we all were waiting for and expecting after Andrew Whitworth announced that he was coming back for some more football. It was reported that both him and the Rams were in talks and looking to make a reunion happen here in Los Angeles. The Rams re-sign left tackle Andrew Whitworth to a three-year, $30 million contract. This is his 15th season. He's 38 years old. I think the thing that shocks most people about that is the three years of this deal $12.5 million fully guaranteed. It makes him the highest paid contract signed by a 35-year-old plus that is a non-quarterback in NFL history. So although it's three years, if we get two out of this deal, I think we're winning out of here. I think really what this, you can look at this as a one-year deal for $12.5 million with the expectations if at the end of the season he's looking for some more football, the contract is structured so that he can come back. I do not expect him to play all three years, but hey, we'll see. It's not up to me. Look at that guy running up and down the field. Andrew Whitworth is in amazing shape, and the Rams Round out the day with Ashawn Robinson defensive line. This was something that they needed to address, and they go and get their defensive tackle to kind of fill in for that Michael Brockers role, which they lost earlier in the week. Two-year deal, $17 million. Again, Robinson came out of that 2006 draft out of Alabama, was selected number 46 overall. Just like Floyd, he really hasn't lived up to potential, but you've seen some really good things out of him. He can stuff the run. He's got some great athleticism. Putting him next to Aaron Donald should be fun. He's going to take on a lot of one-on-ones and really, for him, an opportunity to kind of break through and help the Rams in a point of their defense that they really need to be a little bit more consistent, and that's in the run game. So after being really quiet for the first two days, the Rams jump in. With four moves, two new guys, two guys that have been here. Dante Fowler's gone. They still have the free agent of Greg Zerline. What are they going to do with him? But nice to see the Rams finally jumping into this market, adding to their roster, and now being able to focus on what is to come. They still have the doubts about are they going to be trading Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks? Do they look to dump some salary? Do they look to restructure a Jared Goff contract? Are they looking to acquire more picks? We will see how this all shakes out. But the Rams still have some holes on the roster as they're looking forward to that draft coming up in April. 
So what we'll do next is we'll jump over. We've got a quick chat with Lauren Cox of Lockdown Bears. He's going to break down a little bit further his thoughts on Leonard Floyd. Tell us what we're getting in the player. What were some of the exciting things coming out of that 2016 draft that he saw, as well as maybe some of the disappointments that he saw out in Chicago. Fresh start for him out in L.A. could be big. We're going to come back. We're going to talk with Lauren Cox, Lockdown Bears. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. So as we focus in on the defense side of things, we're going to kick off the second segment and let's bring in Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears. Lauren, how you doing? Hey, I'm trying to keep up with the coronavirus outbreak as much as anybody else, but at least NFL free agency has been here to help us get through it. Oh, you got to love the NFL free agent period. I know we're all a little bit worried at first, like, are they going to push back free agency when we are just a few days away? And then obviously they've they got a whole new plan for what they're going to do with the draft. But we are getting the action and we're one of the only sports leagues right now that is giving uh, you know, all these media outlets, us included, and SportsCenter and ESPN, something to talk about other than the coronavirus. So we are loving it. And I'm glad to have you on because obviously you cover the Bears over at Lockdown Bears and um, you know, we've seen the addition of Leonard Floyd, who signed a one-year $10 million contract with the Rams today. Uh, that was with the departure of Dante Fowler, who's now with the Falcons. Uh, the contract could go up to about $13 million with incentives. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about today is kind of get your take on some of this, uh, on what you think about the deal and and how the Bears let him walk. And then obviously coming out here uh, into free agency, the Rams. But I want to start with going back to 2016 when the Bears traded up from the number 11 pick to the number nine pick to select Floyd out of Georgia. What was Chicago so excited about back then uh, when they were drafting him at number nine? So I remember at the time, Floyd was very much a raw pass rushing product out of Georgia. A really 
a, a kind of a skinny but still freak athlete at the position, somebody with really great speed, and it kind of felt like he was a player with a lot of the tools that you can't teach, and then you can teach all of the things that he needed to still improve on in terms of pass rushing technique, adding more pass rushing moves to his repertoire, being able to you know turn the corner and really finish more at the quarterback, and it was sort of like all those little odds and ends here and there if you clean those up and you add on that elite speed and athletic ability off the edge and it's not only just beating guys around the corner on the outside but being able to open them up outside and then jump inside and be able to win in multiple ways that way the idea was he could develop into being uh, potentially an elite pass rusher off of the edge because so few guys seem to be able to have the get off and the just the explosiveness that we saw from Floyd obviously over the last few seasons it hasn't necessarily panned out quite like the way the Bears might have thought. And as a result, they declined the fifth-year option, and he's free to go to the Rams. Yeah, and I think one of the things for the Rams that they were excited about is when they were able to pick him up. Uh, they're not going to lose any uh, comp picks in next year's equation that the Bears released him, so he's basically signed with any team, uh, and he wasn't signed away. So that was part of the reason I think that the Rams have really built their whole uh, game plan around you know building up those compensatory picks and letting some free agents walk and being able to get some value back for them in next year's draft. We see that with Roger Saffold this coming year. We got a third round compensatory pick. Uh, so that was one of the reasons why I think uh, Leonard Floyd made sense for the Rams. And also it was kind of reconnecting him with Brandon Staley, who spent two years with them. Uh, do you see maybe a change in scenario or getting back with a coach that once was there? Do you see some chances or hopes of it I know obviously the Bears after four years said nah, we're not really interested in that fifth year uh, option but you talked about some of those raw talents is it really just kind of focusing in on uh, like you said pass rush moves and can he do anything else outside of just rushing the passer I mean what's he like uh, in the run game or even kind of dropping back in coverage or are those things that he struggles in as well well, that's what's interesting about Floyd's development is, you know, coming out of Georgia, he was so skinny and so seemingly, I, I don't want to call a grown man like that weak, but comparatively to other pass rushers, he, he lacked elite strength in any of those ways. And there was some question of like, okay, can this guy hold up as a run defender in the NFL? And that's the area he's most improved since he came to Chicago. He really, as of last season and the year before, can really hold his own there and was making more plays in the running game even than he was as a pass rusher. And it was really impressive and encouraging to see his growth in that area. Much more technically sound and having better pad level when going up against bigger offensive linemen. Again, he's not necessarily like folding a 330-pound tackle over backwards and totally running them over, but just knowing how to use his length, knowing how to use his speed in a way that, that he can get off and, and separate from guys in run blocking and being able to go and make a play on the running back and he's gotten better and better in coverage as well that was a a role that slowly grew year after year you know again he's he's an outside linebacker he's not gonna shut down Travis Kelsey or George Kittle or anybody right. going deep down the middle of the field but he's fine in that area he can he can hold his own there as as well as most pass rushers in the NFL so there's a lot to be encouraged about there it's just always been waiting for more and more pass rushing production he's kind of been a guy that's been more of a cleanup pass rusher in a lot of ways where he'll get to the quarterback after he's already been pressured by another pass rusher so Khalil Mack 
forces the quarterback to roll out of the pocket to Leonard Floyd's side of the field, where he can then sort of just disengage, turn and chase the quarterback and bring him down and get a sack. Or sometimes, you know, another pass rusher makes the quarterback step up and Floyd is looping inside and right there to pick it up. He gets a lot of his pressures off of stunts and twists and unblocked scheme decisions that the defensive coordinator made to get him in a position to make some of those pressures. So what you've always wanted to see is more of the sustainable individual efforts where he does it all by himself. It's pass rush move beats the blocker and makes the tackle. That's what we want to see more of, but he's still able to get production with his athletic ability and still able to really help out in the running game and coverage. See, now that last part is kind of where my ears start to perk up a little bit. And I think some of uh, our listeners will also maybe agree because I think that was kind of even the knock on Dante Fowler, uh, when he came over here from Jacksonville, kind of similar situation. The Jags kind of gave up on him. He was the early pick, uh, never really developed the way that they thought when he came and joined us halfway through the season of that Super Bowl run. He kind of picked things up pretty quickly and was allowed to just kind of pin his ears back and go after the quarterback and just kind of with energy go make some plays. Um, and even as this whole thing was going on and how much money Dante Fowler was going to you know, get and should the Rams invest more, uh, you know, a lot of people thought, looking at what he did was kind of that cleanup role. You know, Aaron Donald put a lot of the pressure on, was getting in there, and then he was coming and cleaning up. So uh, if we can get a guy like Leonard Floyd to come in here, uh, even though it is interesting on this one-year deal for me, you know, they're not really committing fully. It was almost like what they did last year with Dante Fowler with one-year deal, a little bit cheaper this time. But they want to say, hey, can you fill into this role and be productive? Uh, and at least kind of from what you're telling me is that, you know, he did kind of produce some of that, but he's got to work on, the individual, those one-on-ones being able to kind of add to those pass rushing uh, portfolios, shall you say, of being able to get to the quarterback on his own. Because if it's not Aaron Donald or someone else creating pressure, can he do it on his own? And we're going to need some help in that run stop as well. Uh, Before I let you get out of here, I want to hear a little bit from your side of things while I got you here. Uh, The Bears have been a little bit more active or a lot more active than the Rams have been here, including signing former Ram Robert Quinn to a long-term deal. Um, Who are you most excited about that you've seen the Bears add so far? And then maybe just tell me what you think is going to happen at the quarterback position next season. Yeah, so right now it's pretty much just been Jimmy Graham, Robert Quinn, and then now the trade for Nick Foles. And I I think a lot of Bears fans are excited for Robert Quinn to really, they see him as a major upgrade, at least in the pass rushing department from where Leonard Floyd was at outside linebacker. And on a per year basis, it's not a very big price difference comparing Floyd's fifth year option to Quinn. So I think there's some, some pretty palpable excitement about him. As far as the quarterback spot, I'm not, I've never been thrilled about giving up a fourth round pick for Nick Foles, but <laughs> it's going to be an open quarterback competition. They're probably going to have Trubisky start as the, the number one in the, in the route, in the competition, but then Foles will have every opportunity to win that starting job. And I'm not sure which one is going to start week one, but I'm not sure that either one is going to start all 16 games. I imagine we'll probably see, you know, a few games of each of them and be able to kind of figure out somewhere along the line, which one the better quarterback is. But I think it might be asking a lot for the bears to try and pull off a Tennessee Titans type situation. I have a feeling this one won't quite work out that well. Yeah. Well, the great thing is, is we've got a lot of time until the draft is coming up and before we start to, you know, play some football and in that media out there in Chicago, it's going to be fun to have a little bit of a controversy at the quarterback position. You're going to have a lot to talk about over at lockdown bears. And we appreciate you joining us. Uh, where can everyone find you to kind of follow along as all this information is coming out through all these teams? Yes, of course. On Twitter at Cox Sports One, I always say it's like Fox Sports One, but with a C. Uh, I cover the Bears for Lockdown Bears, and I do some work for Pro Football Focus as well. So always some good uh, football talk coming your way.
Awesome. Make sure to go check them out. Coming up next, we're going to jump back over to the offensive side and take a deeper look at what the Rams have done so far and maybe what their next move might be. That was a great conversation with Lauren Cox from Lockdown Bears. That conversation happened earlier today before the uh, pickup of Sean Robinson happened. I know we talked about the defense, didn't get a chance to really talk about him. Maybe we'll look to get uh, Matt Deary of Lockdown Lions here uh, in the next day or two. Talk to him a little bit about what he saw with Sean Robinson. Again, another draft pick out of that 2016 draft. The Rams have three of them on the roster, top 10 of that year. And then, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, Ashawn was picked number 46 out of Alabama. Had some good hype coming out of college. Uh, never really got into his full potential in Detroit. Had a chance to watch some quick film before I recorded here. And you did see some of the things in the film breakdown that I was watching is that he's got some size. He's got some speed. He's got really good gap integrity. He can push alignment back while keeping his gap in control, get off, shed some blocks, and make some plays, as well as if the ball goes the other direction away from him, he can shed a block and really get to some of that speed and athleticism that I talked about earlier and go and make a play. But he's still got a lot to work on coming out here to Los Angeles. He will get to work with Aaron Donald and the rest of the crew up there on the front. He's only had five sacks in his career. We're not expecting for him to come in and be a sack monster, but we do need him to hold down his gap, have some help in the run game, New defensive coordinator, and you've seen the Rams let a lot of guys walk in free agency. Uh, a lot of guys that we loved, even in the secondary, Nikel Roby Coleman was one of those guys that was uh, released or the option was declined for his last year of the contract. And with a new coordinator, you're going to see how he wants to play it, how he's going to set up this defense. He's bringing in some new guys. He's keeping around some of the old guys, but uh, going to be interesting to watch how this defense evolves under the first year with Brandon Staley. But getting back to the offense, you got to be happy for the Rams for them locking up two offensive linemen. I don't care what you say about Austin Blythe. He struggled at right guard, but when he was put in at center, we did see him start to kind of feel a little bit more comfortable. Remember, when he was drafted by the Indianapolis Colts, we've mentioned this a handful of times, but he was drafted as a center. I think that's his natural position. I think he's a little bit more comfortable there. Brian Allen seemed to get pushed around even when he was healthy. I'm uh, not sure, you know, Jared Goff always kind of gave him some props as far as, you know, being a, even though he's a second year player, it was basically a rookie getting his first full-time snaps there and said, hey, look, you got to remember he's dealing with a lot more than just snapping the ball and trying to block. He is basically the quarterback of that offensive line, making sure everyone knows what their responsibility is as far as reading the defense and understanding what is to come. So uh, that communication between quarterback and center is a lot more than just snapping the ball. And he was always giving props to Brian Allen about being able to step into that role and do well. But at the end of the day, you still got a block and he wasn't doing that very well before he got injured. So Maybe Austin Blythe is re-signed at your center. You could lock that in as a starter right there. You're bringing back Andrew Whitworth at your left tackle. Now you're looking, one, maybe in the draft for a guy to long-term replace Andrew Whitworth. You thought maybe that was Joe Noteboom when they drafted him. They slid him into left guard. He's going to be coming back. Maybe you hope that he can slide right back into that left guard slot. Now you've got three starters you had Bobby Evans that was playing great at the end of the year at right tackle, but you also have Rob Havenstein. Is this a guy that the Rams may move in the next week or so? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you look to have a competition. Maybe it's play out Rob for another year. 
look for Bobby Evans to be the backup there and continue to develop him and hope that he can come along and be the long-term solution there. You also had David Edwards. He slotted in at right guard uh, basically to finish the season. So uh, that's where you start to look at this team. You're looking at who's going to go in at right guard, right tackle, and then what do you do with left guard? Is that just go back to Noteboom when he's healthy? We'll have to see how these guys kind of come back. But good news for the Rams is they solidified two of those spots. And I know looking at the rest of the league and seeing all the movement from all the teams, especially in the NFC West here, and you're seeing these guys spend money, bring in some talent, and the Rams really are pretty much handcuffed on what they can do. But at least you got to say they finally got some movement done here. Obviously, we know we're not done at the O-line. Probably look to maybe draft another guy if there's an opportunity to find another guy out there, another veteran that's still left to add into this mix. I probably don't see it. The Rams are basically you know, very limited with money at this point with the four guys they signed here still having Greg Zerline out there. What are they going to do with that? But I wouldn't put it past Les Snead to get some little cheeky trade. You know, there's a lot of talks about Todd Gurley and Brandon Cook said, yes, it doesn't really, the net resolve of that isn't the greatest thing. It maybe saves up, you know, four or five million dollars. And with Brandon Cooks, I think you're actually, you know, basically losing money. But at the end of the day, if you can get off the long term of that contract and maybe find a suitor that's going to give you a pick, which in turn you can then turn into another offensive line pick or a linebacker pick. Because again, with Corey Littleton gone, we replaced Dante Fowler today, but we have not yet figured that out. Yes, we've got Howard and we've got Kaiser in the middle linebacker role and and Kenny Young, who we picked up from Baltimore. But we don't know what we're getting with those guys yet. And really, I guess if you spend a draft pick, you don't know what you're getting with that guy either. But at least you could add to that room, add to that competition. So the Rams made a great improvement today as far as locking up some guys. Yes, we saw Fowler walk. Yes, I'm still hurt about Littleton walking and being somewhat affordable. Uh, But at the end of the day, this is the way the Rams kind of expect it to happen. The nice thing about adding Robinson as outside linebacker is he was released from the Bears. So he is not going to hurt the compensation pick. I believe I mentioned that when I was talking with Lauren. But that's the nice thing. As you can tell, that might have been another reason on why the Rams were so intrigued by him is because this whole option of allowing guys to walk in free agency right now Uh, With Littleton leaving and with Fowler leaving, you're looking at potentially a third or fourth round compensatory pick coming next year. This is the game that they have been playing for a long time. Let guys walk, pick up some comp picks, and then go and look to hit in the draft. So it doesn't help us out immediately, but again, the Rams feel really confident with who they have here, the core of what they have. They are really deep at cornerbacks, so maybe they look to trade one of our cornerbacks and get another piece or free up some money. There's still some options here. I know we had were really hard on the Rams yesterday as far as not doing anything. They jumped out today, made some moves, started to get some commitments from some people, fill in some holes, and I still have this feeling that there's still one big wow moment left from Les Snead and the Rams organization, whether that's... Again, trading some of those big contracts, which I'm not in love with. I'd love to see Todd Gurley around another year or two. Or, as I just mentioned, the cornerback role, looking to go get some draft capital. So I don't think these guys are done yet. But today, it was nice to see them get involved with the rest of the NFL, sign back Andrew Whitworth, even though it's for three years. We'll see how longer he can play. Uh, He may do this thing as long as Tom Brady's in the league. I'm going to hold it down in the trenches. But Love seeing him back. Actually excited about Austin Blythe being back. 
Still need to learn a little bit more about Ashawn Robinson and what he can bring, but I'm also excited about Leonard Floyd. High upside, reconnecting with a former coach. We saw the same thing with Dante Fowler. Didn't get a lot of hype coming out of Jacksonville when we picked him up. Was able to turn that around. So really have some faith in our defense and what they can do. And heck, Brandon Staley, linebackers coach, let's get him back with Floyd and see if he can get back uh, to what they saw in the draft, that athleticism coming off the edge and help with Aaron Donald and the rest of the gang getting to the quarterback and being productive on defense because last year we saw an amazing defense. We know what we got in our secondary, so just getting to the quarterback is going to be huge. Awesome stuff for today. Tomorrow we're going to recap what happens again on Thursday's free agency world. This thing's not done. There's still some guys out there. The Rams, as I mentioned, as I just broke it all down, still have opportunities to make a ton of moves. We'll see what Les Snead ends up wanting to do. We'll be back here to close it out on the Friday edition. Then we'll be back on Monday with another Mock Draft Monday. Now that we know some of these slots that are being filled, again, still some of the needs remain the same, but we know who is here and who's not. With that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.